I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr. Binks, you know we've been talking a lot about the pandemic puppies in recent times, and so many people have been duped and misled and conned on the internet, buying puppies that aren't very well. One of these people was Rick Akers, who, after his puppy died, launched a campaign called Reggie's Law. So I'm delighted that we're jumping on Zoom right now to speak to Rick. Hi, Rick. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really, really uh, over the moon to be here. Oh, that's so so kind of you. Oh, well, I've, I'm delighted because basically, you know, running into Christmas, Reggie's Law was very much on everyone's radar. And I just, yeah, wanted to get you on as soon as possible to see if there's been any progress since you were heard in Parliament um, around the middle of December. Is that right, Rick? Yeah, it was the 13th of December and we've uh, we've done quite a bit with uh, DEFRA uh, since then. We've, we, we've had a meeting with them and it's gone really well. Wow. So just going back a little bit, explain, um, Rick, what Reggie's Law is all about. Yeah, so uh, we, I bought a, a puppy offline and uh, when I got to the house, I should have done more, I've always said. But it's, uh, it's, it's based on the fact that people can create fake profiles and fake lives online. And what we said, we wanted an independent regulator to come in and set strict rules and regulations for the, the people allowing people to sell animals online. So the people like uh, the, the big websites in the UK, they, they, they should adhere to rules and regulations and they should check the identity of the person advertising that animal online uh, just to make sure they are who said they are. And then afterwards, there's a relevant information to follow up and prosecute that person. Yeah, exactly. It was I mean, you know, particularly through the pandemic, there were just some terrible stories, you know, of people being duped and puppies sadly passing. Um, so been bred on horrific puppy farms, which I think, you know, was Reggie's situation, wasn't it, Rick? Uh, yes. Yeah, so what happened? Uh, I, my, my little lad wanted a, a puppy for about about three or four years, and then we thought he got to an age where he could walk it, Luke, walk it with us, uh, and look after it in a responsible manner. So I decided for have a look on a website. And probably I did try rescue first, but I was rejected because of his age, because he's only eight years old. And then I looked on a website, uh, found a beautiful looking Labrador, rung up, asked all the questions, can I see mum and health checks and vet, vet, vet reports, etc. And he said, yeah. And when I got to the property, things started to change. So he, he said mum was at ease mum's and uh, his mum lived in Stoke because he was moving house. The house was very bare. It was kind of like a shore, a shore home. And uh, everything didn't seem right when I was at the property, to be honest. But I was interacting with Reggie then. It was jumping up. And as much as people criticise, uh, I did get puppy eyes and I should have walked away. I've always, I've always said that, I've admitted that. And I should have done more more checks when I was at the property. But I, I really just picked Reggie up, paid for him and left, which I probably funded to puppy farming. Uh, well, I know I have. Uh, and it's probably not the wisest decision to do. But when you interact with a dog and they get you in that room, it's just so hard to walk away. And uh, it's probably one of the hardest things <laughs> to, to do, but it's probably the right thing. Well, you know, you say that, but 
you know, these these people are clever, you know, and they've got the gift of the gab. And I, I mean, I, I think, you know, if I'd been in your shoes, I would have done exactly the same thing. And, you, you know, you're always wondering, well, am I being a little bit paranoid? Maybe they are telling the truth. Yeah, that's what I was like, because it was a really nice guy who was selling it to me. He come across and, and when you said the, the professional criminals, really, because every question I asked, why is one not here? He had a pretty plausible explanation for it. And uh, it it was kind of really convincing. Uh, when you th- when I think back now, I think why why was I so dumb? You know, believing him. But when they got you in there, they're just so convincing. And uh, like you said, they've got the gift of the gab. I know. So you've got Reggie home and your son must have been like so over the moon because it was running into Christmas, wasn't it? 20, 2021? 2020? 2020, December 2020. Yeah, it was about 7th, 8th of December when we got him. It was into Christmas present, but it was in on the run up to Christmas. Uh, it was heart of the pandemic as well, so... Uh, yeah, so we got brought him on. Uh, my son was absolutely made up. He was loving him, playing with him. Uh, and then Reggie started to get a, a little bit lethargic and he was being sick a bit. And then we put it down to the stress of the move. I rung the seller who picked up and he answered my question to be fair. I said, Reggie's looking a little bit sick and a bit, a bit down. And he said, oh, it's just probably because he's missing his mum. Uh, let me know if you have any more issues. And then as the night went on, he got worse and worse, violent diarrhoea. Uh, sickness, uh, blood in his poo, and he was just really, really flat out and uh, and looks very ill. So we rung the vets in the morning and they told us to bring him straight down. But he did have that, he did have a bit of bursts in him where he played with my son, and that was even worse because he did connect by the time he was here. Oh gosh! And then um, I guess sadly, you know, he never made it home from the vets. Am I right in thinking that? <laughs> No, and, and the worst part was we got to the vets. Uh, this, I, I explained the symptoms, and they, they, they were kind of panicking, and it made me a bit, a bit upset. And I was like, "What's happening here?" And, and they took him in into the vets because it was a heart of COVID, and he wasn't allowed uh, in into the vets with them. Uh, yeah. So I waited into the car. They took him off me, and then they should come back about fifteen minutes later without Reggie, and I was getting really, really worked out, up and panicky. Uh, and then they said, uh, "Unfortunately, he's got pervivirus." And now I didn't know what pervivirus was. I thought, it's just a virus, it'd be all right. And I said, oh, uh, uh, how serious is it? Is it just a course of antibiotics or something? And they said, no, we'll have to stop in under under curb. But I'm, I must warn you that there's a there's a high probability it will not live. And I was just, I, I just took back and I went, oh, and, and I was just in tears. It was awful, uh, really. And I thought, how can this be? Like, it's a young, healthy pup. I've just bought him. He was running around with my son. And they said, uh, we're going to try him on a drip, put him on a drip and uh, he asked to be segregated away from other dogs into a room. And we, we put the air conditioning on so because he's got a, a quite a, a large temperature, quite a temperature. And uh, then we decided to give him some antivirals as well. And then he perked up and she rung, they rung me the day after and they said, uh, there's an 80% chance Reggie will live. And we was all, you know, over the moon. We was like, yes, he's going to be coming home for Christmas. We'll make it best Christmas ever. And then uh, the day after, they said he's really not looking well. Uh, he's down to a twenty percent chance of living. And then we rang on the Monday, and they said we really have we've done everything we can. Uh, we we advised to put this puppy down or give him a blood transfusion. And now my, me and my partner spoke, and we said blood transfusion definitely. There's uh, nothing else happening. We're, we're doing the blood transfusion. And the vet, to be honest, he could have took our money, but he said uh, come in. 
He went, you're not meant to, but coming in, see Reggie, because I, I advise you not doing this because it'll cause him more pain than it's actually worse. He's, it, it, and then we went in and I've never seen anything like it. it even comparing it to roadkill or something like that, it was worse than that. He had blood coming from his mouth and ears and he was just panting for breath. It was like he'd already passed away and, and we were just all in tears. It was the worst thing what he could have seen. And then uh, we decided to put him down the blood transfusion. It would have been more cruel to carry on, carry on trying to save him, I, I thought, at that point. So I went out the room. My partner said, will you stop to him? Why they put I stop with him? Why they put him to sleep? I don't want him being on his own. And uh, I had sleepless nights listening to that machine when it went off. It does the three beeps. And it was just just seeing him, it, it made me really upset. And it's something I've... I just felt a world of emotions from anger to pain to, to guilt, self-guilt and, and just so sorry the little man lost his life in such a short, short period of time. Gosh, God. Oh, gosh. I've never... Oh, my God. That That is so dreadful. I'm so sorry. That's so sad. Gosh. I mean, you know, and this is what these nasty, unscrupulous breeders are doing, you know, not just to the dogs, but to humans. I mean, hearing you say all that, I'm just, you know, I'm empty, you know. I feel such pain and it's so avoidable. That's that's the awful, you know, thing about it. And so many people um, have suffered this, though, Rick. You know, you're not alone. Um, and it's, it's it, it, this puppy farming business and the whole, you know, reseller network that they have you know across the UK it's become so slick you know it, it is criminal gangs that are literally exploiting people you know not just financially but it's it's emotionally they're ripping people's hearts out and I think it's the cruelest thing but you mustn't guilt about it because Rick you're doing absolutely everything to really get this 100% on the map. I mean, of course, this has been with Lucy's Law and there's been efforts to obviously ban puppy imports and make the age of the puppies older to come into the UK, you know, at the borders, making little Reggie way too young to have gotten into England from Ireland. But it hasn't happened yet. N nothing's um, changed in, in terms of the legislation. So is that what drove you really to get down to Downing Street in person. Yeah, so I just wanted, well, one thing I always say, I don't want his little face to be forgotten. I don't want him to be forgotten. And uh, it, it's, there's not one golden thing that'll fix all this. I think that we need a multiple of things, like you just said, uh, the import rule and Lucy's Law to be, uh, to, to be followed by all four nations and, and more uh, funding for that. And also Reggie's Law and, and, and Fern's Law and a few of the other ones should, should be introduced as well. Uh, but I just personally, I don't want Reggie being forgotten. I think it's an easy fix, not an easy fix, but it can be fixed. And that's, and I just don't want this happening to other families. Like we speak to a, probably five or six families a week now, what this is happening to exactly the same story. And it's just heartbreaking. And, and like you say, it cripples people emotionally, uh, as well as financially as well. It was quite a bit a big hit for us in the bank. And, and I would have remortgaged the house for saving. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't possible. But emotionally, uh, still now it affects my son and, and myself, to be honest. I, 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 I was getting a bit upset then talking about it. And uh, yeah, it, it just drives me on. And uh, when I was walking down to Downing Street, that's 
another thing what, what kept me going, just these little firsts and how much pain he was in and, and nothing can comprehend to, to, to what I, I'll ever feel, really. And uh, just to serve others would be amazing. Yeah, because you did. You, you walked 200 miles, didn't you, in winter? <laughs> yeah. So I got, yeah, I, I walked 200 miles to Downing Street. Uh, we said winter, but I actually got some really good weather for the first three days. And then the fourth day, it started blowing a gale and a bit of rain. And uh, yeah, it, it, I, I, I walked, well, it's 232 miles in all. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, you know, did you have some mates with you to kind of, you know, <laughs> to chat to on the way? Well, I did, I did quite a bit of media work on my own, so with BBC uh, radios and, and things like that. Uh, and we got some dog walkers and local charities out for the first two or three days. Uh, on the fourth day, I walked from Leicester to Milton Keynes, and I really did. I planned my route horribly because it was just an air road and I never saw anyone for about 18 hours of walking, never spoke to anyone. And that's what really got me down. Uh, well, I tell a lie, I got picked up about five o'clock by a policeman on the air five because I, I, he said I was walking in quite a dangerous spot because there was no pathway. Uh, so I did speak to him for 20 minutes <laughs> while he dropped me off further down. So I did, I did cheat as well. So the 232 kind of come down to about 210 because he drove me quite a long way down the air file. Uh, oh, sure. That, I think... <laughs> that's that. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, you forgive it for that. Gosh, and in the dark and everything. Oh, but um, you know, and, and Reggie's law. In the meantime, I'd gotten you know loads of signatures for its petition, hadn't it? So you know the the reason for going down to Downing Street was like to really knock on the door and say, look, hey Boris, you're a dog lover. You know what what are you going to start doing about this? Yeah, so we got 109,000 signatures just over uh, in, in in about five months. It slowed down near the end, but that just shows how passionate people are for change around animal sales online. Uh, and yeah, they all, we had ITV there, we had a couple of radio stations outside the door filming us and uh, recording. And we had quite, I think we have six, seven MPs joining us at Downing Street. So it wasn't a, a case of just telling Boris and uh, and, and obviously the, the, the shadow, uh, the DEFRA office as well, uh, which is run by George Eustace. Uh, but it was also for get MPs involved as well and try and raise it around MPs because it's normally pushing from inside and you know, the local MP, what does the most of the work and then higher up the chain, they react. So it was just trying to get some kind of uh, publicity around it as well. Uh, and it can, it did work. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, having read about the results and everything. So Joe Churchill MP was one of the, the main MPs really behind it and kind of galvanising for a load of trade associations to get involved as well, like the PAG group that's part of DEFRA, I think, so that, you know, more conversation, you know, is set to happen after the 13th of December. I think they left it, the hearing was left that unequivocally no one could deny that this is bad and it has to stop. So what's happened since then? Because it's been almost a month. Yeah, so I had my first meeting with DEFRA last week. Uh, I met with a couple of people out of DEFRA and they just said, they just virtually said what I what, what, what I want, saw in the long term and what I wanted to happen. I, I want an online regulator. I'm not a big fan of regulations uh, and regulators, but I think this sector, it needs policing properly. Uh, and not left the charitable charitable bodies like Perg, 
can't do amazing work, but uh, I'd be fit to police and obviously prosecute and punish websites and educate and then we do wrong. And I would say, no, it needs to, it needs to be a body set up by government to come in. Uh, we, we arrange for quarterly meetings with EFRA uh, and they want to get, we've set up something called the Animal Welfare Alliance, which is a, a party of uh, 15 of the biggest websites in the UK what come together every couple of months to discuss issues uh, and we chair that so DEFRA said they want to come along to one of them and it was really positive to be honest they, they didn't go to, as far as to saying they would accept it needed a regulator but they did accept it needs change uh, and accepting that something needs change is obviously half the battle uh, and something we're really proud and positive on and uh, and I think probably the end, end of this year the start of 2023 we'll start seeing quite a bit of change around how we sell animals online uh, I feel I think it, it, it will it's not a sprint it's a marathon but it will happen in the long run I can't understand it myself buying you know a dog on on online I'm I'm I'm, I'm older than you, so, you know, I remember life before the internet. But it's just that people are really exploiting dogs and humans, and I just don't like that. It's, it's, it's a new type of gangster world. But it's it's great you've got the Animal Welfare Alliance off the ground, Rick. I'm really impressed. So you said 13 different charities have all gotten involved under your umbrella um, idea. Yeah, so it's 15 different websites we speak to. They won't mind me naming them. Uh, oh, got, go uh, on. Pets for Homes, Gumtree, Pre-Love, Friday Ads, Dogs and Puppies. So, uh, uh, and a vast array of websites around the UK. So we all come together. It's on a Zoom meeting. And we just talk about issues surrounding the platform and how we can improve it. Uh, so we said about a live chat, you know. So when you report an advert online at the minute, it's, uh, it's not being acted on uh, quite straight away it's taken a couple of days and now what we're trying to promote is a live reporting platform so adverts what issues can be took down straight away it's not going to change the world it's not the best it's not going to stop all this i, I will admit that but it is an improvement and i'm all for an improvement I, I, i'm willing to work with websites and uh, and stakeholders uh, you know to try to improve things I'm not going to do it on my own. Uh, we, we need to all come together and, and speak about issues and act upon them. Uh, so that's 15 of the biggest websites. Perg actually come up along to that as an advisory ma- member, which is made up of the Dogs Trust, Death Room, other, other organisations. And we also speak to the RSPCA and people like that and get their info on, on what, what's needed. Fantastic. I mean, really well done. I mean, for me, I think this is one of the biggest steps that anybody's done so far to really combat it because you've got to tackle it at the websites as well because they're they're crafty you know they're They'll get over the ban puppy imports because I think you know Janetta Harvey, who's also been on a dog's life. Um, she runs Schnauzer Fest, Rick. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, she's lovely, isn't she? Yeah, amazing woman, amazing woman. And she came on and we were talking about, you know, the horrors of all of this. And I was saying, oh, look, you know, ban puppy imports surely is a good move, you know, if it gets passed through Parliament. And she was like, Anna, they'll be a step ahead of it already you know, and they'll be sending heavily pregnant bitches over. Um, hate that word. I actually hate that word. Oh. Female dogs over to give birth in England to get around that, for example. It's just organised crime and um, really awful. So I think this, like bringing those big websites together, raising awareness, and particularly I think with PAG involved, it's brilliant. Um, it's the way 
to tackle it. And anyone who's ever, ever loved a dog surely will want this to end, you know. Um, and these people pre-loved and, and pets for homes and the other sites, you know. I don't know why they're doing it. I, I mean, do they get commission, do they, Rick, on every puppy sold? I mean, what's, what's in it for them? So I think the way they make money is by uh, advertising, advertisements, because obviously they have a large uh, number of people visiting sales for animals so uh, other companies like dog food companies want to put advertisements on that page with it so they make money out of that you can also boost your advertisements when you sell a dog you can pay to boost it so it comes at the top of the search and that's how they make money but uh, like I said to Friday ads and pre-loved I said why don't you stop doing it why don't you just end animal sales and they said we feel that we're doing a good job now, I admit they're doing a better job than others, but they're not doing a particularly good job. And they just said, if we leave it to other people, then it'll just get worse. And we want to try and do good around these animals uh, because they don't believe animal sales online will ever stop. And, and neither do I, to be honest. I think animal sales online is here for a good number of years. I don't think there's a, I don't think it'll ever end, to be honest. And they just want to do it properly and they want to do it safely. And that's, to be, to be fair... Uh, Pre-Love reached out to me and asked me for advice and said, can you can you advise us on what you saw with Reggie's story? So th they actually approached me, which is a big step, I feel. Now, a lot of people listening to this think are against animal sales online and against website platforms. I can totally, I totally understand that. But where I'm coming from is we can make the difference on the selling platform. Uh, we can police it. If we police it right, then we can get around all this puppy importing. Uh, when they bring these laws out, that, like Janetta said, that they're already a step ahead. That they'll be importing dogs well after that law. But if we police the selling point right and we get it right online, where people, 92% of dog owners, now are going online to buy the dog. So if we police it right on there and get it right on there and, and get these horrible people off their websites so they don't have a selling point and they can't sell their animals, then a lot of it will follow. The, the bad breeding will end and not end but it'll get less and because they won't yeah. have it they won't have they won't they won't be able to make money so i believe if, if we get the selling point right that everything else will follow and we won't need any other laws but that's just my opinion other people are obviously different but like Jeanette said there's always a way around these laws lucy's law uh, has been around 18 months now has anyone been prosecuted under it i don't think there has and has it made a massive difference I'd say it made a difference, but not a huge difference. It's not solved the problem like it was meant to. So we just need more, to be honest. Uh, that's not uh, putting a donor on Lucy's Law or anything else. I just feel we need more in them situations. And, uh, and we need the government to say, this hasn't worked the best way it should. We'll provide more funding or a different way to it. Oh, I agree. I think you're brilliant. I mean, you're right, you know, to stop people buying, cut it off. Hopefully that, that should be the aim if they can't sell their product. But, you know, and also planning a lot more work needs to be done in Ireland, stopping these puppy farmers. But... By all accounts, you know, they're, they're, they're dangerous to tackle. You know, there was um, that one BBC documentary, probably saw it. It was in, uh, I think it was 20, 2016, um, that was really told it as it was, you know, and the journalists were really risking their lives going in, you know, it's that dangerous. So, but how do these people carry on breeding these dogs? I just don't understand it. Are there backhanders going to governments, you know, council officials? You know, I just, I just, I, myself, I don't get it. <laughs> I, neither do I. This is what we're, 
we've been we've been across to Ireland and we spoke to a couple of rescues over there, and, and, and I think it does happen over there like backhanders. But in this country, I think it's just a lack of resources and a lack of knowledge uh, and knowledge about the situation and what's going on. Like to criminal, we say a lot of Irish are doing this as well. Uh, now, if you say that to government, you're automatically uh, like a, a race or you're prejudiced against the Roman Catholics. And now that's not the case, but that's what, what the general feel is that a lot of people are coming over, over from Ireland, bringing a, a truckload of dogs turn and then going back. And that seems to be the general feel what we're seeing. Uh, but uh, I think it's just in England, Wales, Scotland and probably Northern Ireland, it's just a lack of resources and a lack of knowledge from the council, to be honest. And Because uh, uh, it, it, like we all say, these criminal gangs, it is the same people doing this uh, on a larger network. And it, it's just too easy for them. And we're not, we're not fighting back or doing anything against it at the minute. And it's just, we're just letting these people make money. And mm. it's, it's frustrating because it's a general working people who's been heartbroken and, uh, uh, and being financially hit. And, and no one seems to care or help. We know that's not the case, but that's when people, this happens to people, they don't know where to turn to. They don't know where to go to the RSPCA, the council. Uh, you know, animal protection services, where do they go and report this? And that's yeah. another thing. There's nobody to help or follow up because there's no, there's there's not that with them resources there to deal with all these complaints at the minute because dog sales, as much as people say, as, as end, is coming to a slowing down at the end of the pandemic, it's not. All the websites are predicting record numbers of advertisements this year and they expect it to grow through 2022. And on to 2023, they said this isn't coming to an end. Dog sales are not ending. They're still growing. Uh, and they're seeing that through advertisements. So it wasn't a pandemic thing and it's just going to go away because the pandemic's coming to an end. That's not the case. It's it's carrying on. People want animals now. They want a dog in their life. Um, I think, like us all, once we've had a dog, uh, you don't seem to ever not have a dog in your life. <laughs> no, it's so. true. They 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 take you over. They they steal your heart. That's that's for sure. And have you taken on um another puppy since Reggie? Uh, yeah. So through my campaign, we've been offered quite a lot of puppies through Facebook and saying, "Oh, I'll give you one because you're out here." But we never went. We never accepted any of them. But uh, yeah, my partner. I, I said I didn't want another dog after the pain I felt through Reggie. But my partner Alicia come back with Henry first. So we've got Henry, who's a Labrador, uh, pretty much identical to Reggie. Absolutely amazing dog. Followed me everywhere. And we then a couple of months later we got Ralph as well, a black lab, who's absolutely brilliant. He's food obsessed, uh, and yeah, it's it's just made our last complete. Really, we've still missed Reggie. And uh, we wish he could just play with them for one day or a couple of days because they're playful. Uh, but yeah, we have got other dogs. And uh, uh, like I said before, I don't think we could ever be without a dog now. They're absolutely amazing animals and they bring so much joy. Oh, they really do. Gosh, having a dog and looking after a dog properly is, is great for you. You know, you get outside, they're, they're your companions, they're, they're stress busters, you can do activities with them, you meet people. Everywhere's dog friendly now, you know, because canny restaurateurs and pub owners and what have you, 
they'd be mad not to be dog friendly now you know back in the day you couldn't take your dog into a pub I mean it was quite rare to find a dog friendly pub now it's the opposite you know well, that's what we were I went I went uh, well there's a place called Rivington a big open field with my dog so uh, the other other day and there was I went to I went to into a, a local like, it was like a cafe and I said I'm a leg dog and she said yeah we even do dog meals <laughs> in a meal and I was like wow it's just completely changed and, and that's where the world's going I think I think about 14 million dogs now in the UK so it's it's growing every year and it's it's good but it also comes with problems as well uh, and where there's money and prob- uh, obviously where there's money that, that creates corruption and and criminality Exactly, exactly. Gosh, so you're going to have these um, monthly meetings now under the New Welfare Alliance um, and DEFRA are kind of on board, it seems. So, Rick, would you come back on and talk about some updates in a couple of months' time? I would love to. Like I said at the start, you'd have some uh, quite knowledgeable and, uh, and quite well-respected people on here so I'm a bit starstruck to come on in the first place so anytime you want me uh, just give me a call and I'll, I'll be on I absolutely love your show I was listening to a few of the podcasts you did and they're absolutely brilliant and, and really really informative so yeah I'll be honoured to come back on Oh, look, oh, I can't wait. That would be brilliant. And, and listen, the honour's mine. Trust me. I love people that stand up for dogs. You know, you've got courage to have done what you've done and channel the pain in a productive way, you know, to help others. And that's just really commendable. You know, I wish someone had done it before because I think your moves with Reggie's Law might just have made government listen. Thank you, Rick. Hopefully. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you again. Hey, Mr Binks, that's our show. What did you think? I know, beyond sad, Mr Binks. Heartbreaking. What's that? Yes, it is time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) Government has been promising so much change to our Animal Welfare Act. As yet, nothing really has changed. But let's hope that Reggie's law has really brought attention to Downing Street and that it will end selling dogs and all other animals online. (coughs) Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. Thank you, of course, to Rick Akers for joining us today and all his links are in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike Hansen, my brilliant producer. Find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? It's free. And that way, you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye for now.